0: My goodness sakes, the hype that the uh, forecasters gave this storm uh, days and days ago, we just didn't know what to do. We knew that we did not want to relinquish worship time, but we needed to try to find something that we were fairly confident uh, would give us opportunity to be together in God's house and ample opportunity to notify you uh, if it were not possible. So we're glad that you're here and thank you so much for being here and making the the change in your Sunday morning schedule. Forty five years ago, I had the challenging and uh, at times exasperating assignment of assisting with the settlement of a Vietnamese refugee family. It was a large task. Our like coming Creek Ministerium in. Upper Lycoming County, sponsored a family of five to come to uh, the United States. And the churches of our ministerium uh, agreed together that uh, we would provide the the financing to bring the family here and the support to get them established uh, in America. A Baptist pastor who uh, uh, was a neighboring pastor of mine And I had a very collegial, professional relationship, but we also had become warm, personal friends. And the the ministerium thought it would be a good idea to task Bruce and me with securing employment for the father of this Vietnamese family. So we set about our work and the first opportunity we came upon was was a restaurant in employment to to work in the kitchen. We decided that we would we would meet there before his interview with the with the manager We'd have breakfast with him and, and of course, with all of the limitations of language and custom and everything else that, that was packed in around us. so we sat down and we were able to determine that what he wanted for breakfast was sausage and pancakes. So we ordered the sausage and pancakes. And uh, when they were served, <laughs> he started to eat his pancakes. And when he had a mouthful of pancake, he picked up the pitcher of syrup and drank from it. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, and this continued through several stacks Pancakes. The man, the man was hungry, and uh, at that point, we didn't feel it was uh, appropriate for us to try to to interrupt him. Uh, We just wanted him to feel uh, secure with us, and we would deal with that later. Now you've got to understand that these two preachers that were supposed to help find him employment. We were, we were both uh, all of 26 years old <laughs> and uh, both serving our first churches out of seminary and it was quite a thing. Well, we got him that job. He got himself that job, really. We assisted, but it wasn't enough to sustain his family. And in the meantime, I had made contact with a gentleman in the community who owned a a large uh, laundry operation, and uh, talked with him about the possibility. And he was very, very open. And uh, uh, he hired our new Vietnamese friend, and it worked out great. And he paid him a respectable salary that he could get settled and that he could uh, take care of his family. And it was just a blessed opportunity that we enjoyed. I've often thought about that. And I've thought about it again this past week as I studied Deuteronomy 6 in preparation for pulpit time with you this morning. Uh, From existing in a refugee camp in Vietnam to a new country and then a new town. And that town was filled uh, with stores and shops that were just brimful with food and and medicine and clothing, the likes of which he had never seen before. And the cars, the bright, shiny cars that, that went down the street, his eyes just lit up when he saw them. And the toys. The toys that he saw that that maybe he could get for his kids. What an experience. What a joyous experience uh, that became uh, for us. He came to our country. He saw our country. And he wanted what our country had to offer. Can you imagine the wide-eyed wonder that man had at all that spread before him. Now I thought of that story as I told you as I was preparing for this pulpit time studying again about the Israelites on the move and arriving in promised land. I suspect that they as they walked behind moses and joshua to the land of their promise looked with wide-eyed wonder at all that they saw around them their imagination must have soared just thinking about what they were going to be able to acquire and what a better life they were going to have god had kept his promise and rescued them from slavery But as God had done that, he continually cautioned those people about rushing into the future without paying attention to the present. And that's what we see in Deuteronomy 6. Now, I want to extend the the reading slightly from what is announced in your worship folders I want it to be verses 4 through 12. So from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 12, is this wonderful story, probably probably the most famous story or command of God in all of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of good things which you did not fill And hewn cisterns which you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage. God wanted to guard his people so that they, listen closely, so that they, God's people, would be in charge of the world. And the world would not dominate them with its ways. And a very pagan world it was that they had walked into. Like a warning that is shouted against imposing danger. Verse 12 rings out across this scripture. Watch yourself. Look out. Duck. You've all used those warnings. You've all been glad someone called them to you. Because it saved you from harm. It saved you from injury. It saves you maybe from disaster. And so this word, this warning, leaps out of this famous passage of Deuteronomy, and it says watch yourself. That's a great warning for us this morning. It's a tremendous, tremendous pay attention call To the church today. I can't make any of you do anything, and I know that. But if I could, one of the things I would insist that you do and do soon is to take careful note of what soothes and satisfies you. Take careful note of what soothes and satisfies you. Pay attention to what attracts you. Be cautious about the allegiances and loyalties that you give your minds and hearts to. Keep a single focus is what the Deuteronomist was saying. Keep a single focus is what the Holy Spirit of God is saying to us this morning Keep that single focus on God and be sure to keep Him in first position in your life. Your God is not a second level God. He is not a second level God. Your God cannot blend with the idols of the people. It was true for the Israelites and it's true. For the Christians of 2019, do not divide your loyalties among the diminutive little gods of our society. Give the living God all of yourself, not parts or portions, all of yourself. All of yourself. Give the Lord your heart, soul, and strength. Isn't that what verse 5 said? Hear it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. No parts. No portions. The entirety I tell you, there are many Christians struggling to find strength in their faith today because they have given God just a very, very small portion, an occasional slice of Sunday morning and the rest of the week, they follow a whole different script than the one which is set forth in the Holy Word for God's people. And what about verse 6? These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Shall be on your heart. That means to take God's command deep into where the real you lives. Not the you that you show me or the me that I show you, but where the real person lives. You see, it's there that the word of God must be brought to bear. Verse 6 is about that. It is about taking the word of God, his commands, into where the real us lives in our hearts When the heart is spoken of in Scripture, it means the seat of affection and will. We bring our understanding, our relationship to God, into where we make our decisions. Into where what defines me as me and you as you is discovered. So that the priority and practice of our lives will be the ethics and values God has commanded us and our nation to display to the world. You see, that was Israel's purpose. Israel wasn't called the church back then. They were called the people of God. But they were to be the world changers. just as we are to be the world changers today. You will have something to say to those following you. Do you have something to say to those coming behind you? Do you have something to th- Tell them about what God has taught you by touching you and meeting your needs. That's what you should teach. That's what you should talk about and keep in front of you always. And the instruction of God to his people was it starts first in the home and we, we, we shape and mold one another with holy stories. And when we have that so much a part of us, then it will be a, a, a natural thing to do. There will be no hesitancy. There will be no reluctance. We will not be embarrassed to be to be known as the people of God. We will speak about Him just very naturally. It will be our nature to speak of him. I have no way of knowing the answer to the hypothetical question that I'm raising. And yet it's probably not hypothetical. But how many times in recent days do you suppose you've commented to someone about the weather? How many times, fellas, do you think in recent days you've, you've commented to someone about the Eagles not being in the Super Bowl again this year? Those New England Patriots are back again. <laughs> How many times do you suppose you've commented about God in your life. Is the story on your heart? Is it written there? That's what verse six is about. These words which I command you today shall be on your heart. It's for your blessing, the blessing of your your spouse, the blessing of your children, the enrichment of your community through you, and the stabilization of your nation. Now, if you have nothing to say or nothing to teach, it may mean, it may mean that you have not paid attention to what God has done. I remember well a day in elementary school when a teacher scolded me for not paying attention. And I remember why. (laughs) I was looking out the window. Whatever was out there was more interesting than what she was talking about. And she called me out in class. And then, (laughs) then she gave me a note to take home to my mother and dad. Not good. (laughs) Not good at all. Are you paying attention? Are you paying attention to what God is doing? How He's keeping His promises with you? How He is making Himself known? Are you looking for his presence in your life daily, in little things and in large? And when you see him, are you, are you making note of that? Are you writing that into your memory? Are you telling that story? When you came into the pews this morning, any of you say to a person beside you, I just have to tell you what God did in my life last week. I just have to tell you that. You see what that does is it reinforces the story in your life and it gives information to the person beside you about what has now your testimony, but it also puts them on alert to be watching for that same thing to happen in their life. And and sure enough, along the way, Along the journey, they may well say, you know, that's the very thing that that friend at my church told me one Sunday, and now I'm experiencing it too. I'm so glad they told that story because now, because I watched for that to happen in my life or something similar, I've recognized it. If you have nothing to teach, it may mean that you have not paid attention. But even if you or we haven't acknowledged what God has done and is doing in our lives, God is still with us. That's the amazing thing about God. We decide that if somebody's not paying enough attention to us, we get in a huff and we don't pay attention to them. God doesn't treat us that way. He continues to give himself to us in everything that we need. The warning of verse 12 leaps off the page. And it must be seen and it must be heard and it must be acknowledged in our lifestyles. Watch yourself. Watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Be sure that you are living with unflinching faithfulness to God in all of your dealings. Don't you dare set this time of worship this morning into a separate private sector of your life. What you have been about here this morning, you integrate into the whole of your life. In every conversation, in every business deal, in every plan for your future, in every struggle that you have. You see what Deuteronomy 6 is saying to us is that we are to be sure That our Christian identity is known. Your holy history and sacred witness should be a familiar story for your spouse, your children. your grandchildren. When I hold little Colson and Sadie, and we're alone, I talk to them about Jesus. I talk to them about why I love Jesus. I know they're not getting it all. But in those little young minds, I want them to know the sound of the name Jesus. And I want them to hear that from their grandfather's lips. And I pray with them. We need to know one another's story. That's how it keeps it at the forefront of our lives and keeps us from backing off Being reluctant, hesitant, maybe even ashamed. But I share with you the warning of Scripture and how Jesus said that the one who is ashamed of him in their lifetime, of that one, will he also be ashamed when they stand before the Father? Wherever you are, use your voice to tell especially your dear ones the stories of God with you. And beyond your family, tell the story to our society. Talk of your relationship with God. Tell what it's like. People need to know. We spend a great deal of time... complaining about the way the world is what has become what it has become well God has told us who we are to be and what we need to do now we all including the man in the pulpit need to get on with this important matter of paying attention to the present time. And one thing more, you watch yourself. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, you have promised to be with your people forever that began in eden and will not end until you end life on earth help us to look for you closely to walk with you to search your word and to pray to be centered in your will O God, make us a means for many to come to know you. Use this people to introduce family members, children, grandchildren, sisters, brothers, perhaps parents. To your grace, love, and mercy. Use us, O God as your people across the face of this community and wherever we go, that with winsome witness and compelling conduct and speech, we will point from ourselves to you as the one redemptive possibility for all time. <clears throat> Bring that about for each of us in the manner and in the time that you know is right. Amen.